This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Chapter Tactics 2020 edition, the official Las Vegas Open hype episode, episode number 142. Today is going to be a good day for 40k coverage. Where's that foghorn? Uh, you know, there you go. Boom. You got it. Uh, so if you're new to the episode, new to the podcast, uh, Chapter Tactics is a 40k podcast that focuses on competitive 40k at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Mr. Pablo Martinez, a.k.a. PD Pop, a.k.a. The Rhino, a.k.a. the worst Ultramarines player that you know. Ooh. Mm. Mm. And I know a lot of Ultramarine players. They do, but everyone should know that I'm the worst. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you are unfamiliar with the podcast, I do highly recommend going to frontlinegaming.org slash chapter tactics. Uh, this is going to be a brand new year. We've got a lot of exciting stuff planned this year. We have some exciting giveaways to talk about in this episode. But most importantly, coming in at the end of the year is the Las Vegas Open 2020. That's the end of the ITC season. A new ITC champion will be crowned, where they will earn a big old check for thousands and thousands of US dollars. And we will finally get the burning question answered. Did Space Marines ruin the second half of the season? So, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the coverage for the the event. Uh, all the coverage, both at the event and also leading up to the event. We're going to talk about the narratives circling around the event, what everyone's talking about, and so much more. It's going to be a jam-packed episode. And with me, I have uh, three gentlemanly co-hosts, Mr. Brandon Grant. I'm back. Actually, the winner of last year's LVO and also last year's, or the reigning ITC champion. Yeah, well, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to keep that, but that's A-OK with me. Uh, My candidate for... 40k podcast of the year val heffelfinger well, i i'm a i'm a podcast excellent uh i'd like to thank you and the academy of podcast of the year and uh it's a true honor it's an honor just to be mentioned really yep and it, that's the val heffelfinger podcast if you haven't listened to it i am the only one with a subscription <laughs> it's called it's called P- colin pablo while he's driving home from work see it's it even doesn't have the right name for the right thing <laughs> uh, but that, of course, I was referring to uh, 40K Stat Center, which uh, Val Heffelfinger is a co-host of. And then finally, I've got, you've heard him, Mr. Skari, the Archon. 
the one and only. Well, Vect is the one and only. I just uh, every once in a while ride on his coattails. Yes. Do you do you think that if you were an Archon in Vect's court, Scary, he would have murdered would... me long ago because okay. I um, I pose a threat. I was thinking the over under. I was thinking, <laughs> would you last a week? But but you answered my question. <laughs> he poses a threat, everybody. Yeah, well, you know, I don't leave Canada for anything big, but uh, when I do, Vect is weary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. All right. The reason why I brought these three on is all of them have actually attended the Las Vegas Open. As a matter of fact, all of them attended the Las Vegas Open last year, uh, where it was the largest LVO ever. Uh, and this year, we, we, you know, held our own beers and did it again with over a thousand people registered for the Las Vegas Open. So it's the largest, I, th- I think it's safe to say this is the largest 40K event in history. Um, it, I've said it in years past and gotten in trouble from various other events, but I think finally 1,000 people, it's safe to say it's the largest one. Uh, and there is so much going on here. Uh, There's so many amazing players. Uh, we have rookie of the year, Richard Siegler, who just overthrew Jim Vessel for number one in the ITC. Are those and scores posted yet? Because I still I don't haven't know. seen it up yet. I, I don't know. We, it, we it, anticipate him passing him, but I don't think it's, it's actually shown up shown up yet. You know, it's um with the scoring sometimes it's up to the TOs. Uh, so you know the it, I don't know where it goes in that process. Um, we did also just move from uh, California to Nevada and moved our entire operation. So you know we are lagging behind a little bit for all that stuff. So it might not have just been posted or updated yet. Who knows? But it is a basically official. Uh, Richard Siegler is head of Jim Vessel. All right. Um, before we go on to this, actually, uh, some quick announcements. Uh, the first being is we actually had three giveaways in December for basically the end of the year giveaways. Uh, we have the two model giveaways where people could comment on the YouTube channel or Frontline Gaming on the special Christmas episode uh, and then win a free painted model, model painted by our studio, a character model. And then also I, I had people send in emails about what competitive 40K meant for them. And I got over 150 emails. I read them all. I didn't respond to them all. Um, but I had a lot of great stories and uh, I picked one of them. And that person is also going to win a painted character model uh, painted by our, the Frontline Gaming Painting Studio. And then finally, the last uh, announcement would be the winner who who uh, won the flight out to any of the Frontline Gaming events for this year or next oh. year if they picked the LVO. And oh. um, we'll, we'll go and announce that now. And so, without further ado, uh, I would like to announce the one of the winners of one of the painted models, um, a YouTube commenter. Who actually had something nice to say in his YouTube comment for once, uh, which I thought was kind of nice. Uh, Mr. Paul Botelho uh, won a one Frontline Gaming painted character model, customized to his choice. Paul, congratulations. Thank you so much for listening, and a merry Triple X Heffalmas to you. The second winner, out of a hundred over 150 emails sent to me, uh, I couldn't decide which one meant most to me so i kind of i kind of picked between like the 10 ones that that i felt really illustrated how amazing this computer this community was and then from there i thought about it for about a week and then finally came up with um uh michael welch's story so michael welch congratulations um 
I, I don't I don't think I'm going to share it because it's just very personal. Uh, but Michael basically was helped out by the community who raised thousands of dollars for him. The, both the competitive 40 community and his brother um, raised thousands of dollars for him uh, via GoFundMe. And, you know, it, it's just it really goes to show how important this community is to people. And a lot of the emails I read were people who just love the community, the, the competitive 40 gay community in particular, right? It was just absolutely humbling and amazing to read everyone's thoughts about uh, what the competitive community meant to them. And uh, Michael, congratulations. Um, you also wanted to give the painted model your brother. So I thought that was very, very cool. Uh, so I will go ahead and email you and then uh, we can get your brother an awesome painted model uh, for Christmas or for late Christmas. All Orthodox right. Christmas. Well, there you go. Chinese New Year. I screwed it up. <laughs> now, now, finally, the big one. Uh, this one is uh, a Patreon only giveaway, although um, it it's definitely the biggest giveaway I will do all year. And I've done a lot of pretty good ones, I think, in my opinion. Um, but for this one, I'm I was wanted to give one Patreon, one lucky patron, a flight out to any of the frontline gaming events. And this is going to be any international patron. I, I had special rules in case I rolled up uh, someone internationally. I wanted to make sure uh, that someone had the option to go to one of our big frontline gaming events, whether the Bay Area Open, SoCal Open, or the LVO 2021. Uh, I realized that it is hard for a lot of people to travel consistently and um. I wanted to use some of the money from the Patreon for this year to make that dream a reality for one lucky patron. Uh, so I rolled out of uh, 216 active patrons in the Patreon, which, by the way, thank you all so much for supporting me. I uh, never thought one person would uh, give give this podcast, you know, any amount of month money monthly. I was uh, a detractor. 216 people. Yeah. Yeah. Val didn't even give me anything this month. No, I was saying I just when you said let's do a Patreon, I was like, ah, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. You were like, you're like, there's no way. I, and I was like, yeah, maybe you're right, but uh, I'll, I'll try it anyways. Uh, but it, it's been absolutely wonderful having the patrons on. If you're willing, if you want to support the podcast, uh, keep the lights on. Maybe help, uh, with something. Help get someone make a dream happen or uh, help this podcast grow. You can always head on over to Patreon.com/slash/ChapterTactics, uh, where the patrons get to ask all sorts of cool questions that we answer at the end of every episode, as well as uh, get list advice from some of the best 40k players and some of the worst uh, and so much more. All right. Uh, so uh, out of 216 patrons that rolled a random 216 sided die that I had lying around in Las Vegas, Nevada uh, on my laptop. And uh, the winner is Jesse Jesse Carmack. Hooray! Uh, Jesse, congratulations. Uh, I'm already going to reach out to you. Um, hopefully we can get you flying out to one of those three events. Uh, Jesse is from uh, Tennessee, uh, and he is uh, someone in the community, someone who is friends with people in the community. He's definitely a member of the competitive 40K community and also has been a patron for exactly 21 days. So congratulations. Hey. Congratulations, Jesse. You signed on at the right time. All right. For this next month, uh, last month I gave away a Forge World Sanguinius model and display base. Uh, this year, 
I'll most likely be giving be giving one away from the Forge World booth as well. Not Sanguinius, but uh, Forge World usually has some sort of exclusive or special convention figure that they go when they got to events. So it'll probably be one of that one of those this month. But stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for more announcements later on this month and later on this year. Thank you all so much for supporting me, and good luck in the future. All Better right. Luck next time, guys. I mean, we tried. I, I can hear the the unsubmit buttons on Patreon right right now. Oh, that's, that's just me. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's fair. Uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, if you're interested in more supporting more podcasts, uh, my I point you towards podcasts on the Frontline Gaming Network, uh, where you can watch all the LVO coverage. Forty K Stats Center, The Art of War. Go to forty K Stats dot com. Give Peter some love. And then, of course, if you're interested, signals from the front line. If you want to hear Reese talk. All right. That's it. On to the main topic. Uh, LVO coverage. Uh, so the point of this topic is I want to talk about what coverage is going to look like for the Las Vegas Open, both leading up to the event Ooh. and what at the event. Um, every year I get questions asking where can I watch the LVO, where can I find lists for the LVO, et cetera, et cetera. And although I think we do a really good job of promoting the event and covering the event, um, it is sometimes difficult and overwhelming for people who want to figure out what's going on at the Las Vegas Open. Um, so I'm going to give a quick rundown of what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be covering the event live. Uh, and then Val has a really cool announcement that I, I don't want to take away from him um, about specifically about coverage at the LVO. Uh, so first and foremost, you can find LVO coverage at FrontlineGaming.org. You can find it on Twitch at FrontlineGaming underscore TV, as well as the Warhammer Community page, Warhammer Community um, Twitch TV. You'll, you'll be able to find all of the 40K events and Age of Sigmar events happening there. If you want specifically the 40K championships, which is that 1,000-person event, uh, you would have to go over to the Warhammer community page where Reese and Frankie will be hosting and, and streaming and uh, playing all of those games, watch, or hosting all those games, shoutcasting all those games. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, so that's where you go for that. Also, you can find us on Facebook where we'll be having live updates as well as... Uh, some live streams last year i did live stream the entire ghost round which was the round after the lvo had finished after round six uh to determine a true top eight um this year i'm definitely going to live stream the event i'm going to live stream i'm going to be live streaming some uh stuff for my phone uh i usually try to get interviews on the spot uh, kind of get a feel of the event um and I usually have a good time doing it too so Pay attention to that, and also I'll ha be having some special Patreon live uh, streams as well on the face the Patreon Facebook group page. So uh, if you're interested in that, sign up for our Patreon. Um, yeah, so that's basically it. You can also head over to Best Coast Pairings, where you can find the lists for the 4K Championships, as well as the lists for X-Wing, the X-Wing event. Uh, and if you're interested in... Uh, watching the coverage for X-Wing, um, any of the FFG events, there's going to be streams for those as well too um, so you're going to want to email the TOs for those, or the community leaders for those respective events but the LVO is going to be bigger than it ever has been before, we are, we have 500 we have 250 people signed up for X-Wing 
uh, alone just for the X-Wing Grand Championship as well as another 250 plus people signed up for Legion. Um, you need over 500 people signed up for just those two events in addition to hundreds of other people for FFG events. Um, so if you're not interested in 40k, there's still a lot to watch. And, um, it's it's growing. It's, it's bigger than ever. Uh, and I'm super excited. All right. Val, last year you played at the LVO and you actually sure did, did pretty well. Did just fine. Yeah, it was a bit of a heartbreak breaker at the end there against a guy named Lee. Uh, but I was five and one, just barely got out of my my clutches. It was a great run for me. Yeah, but still so four and record. two. Long story, four and two. <laughs> uh, so this year at the LVO, what are you going to be doing? So this year at the LVO, um, I um, am going to be running uh, a secondary coverage with along with uh, Peter the Falcon. I think you roped him in first and got him excited to, to do it, and then I found out he wasn't playing, and then I was like, well, if you're not playing, then I guess I'll help you with coverage. And then our imaginations exploded. And so now we've got uh, ambition, anyway, to do uh, you know, three days of, of live streaming. Um, essentially, we're going to have a, uh, you know, the, the setup will be a, a booth of uh, talking heads, talking heads that include the beautiful, dulcet, southern tones of the Paul Murphy of uh, of Forge the Narrative, as well as uh, the Thunder from Down Under himself, Adam Camilleri from the Down Under Network, and uh, Peter the Falcon, myself popping in. I'll probably step in a bit more of a production side role, I think, for this, because it's getting a little out of hand. Um, and then uh, not only will we have the booth, but um, the goal is to have uh, essentially mobile camera or cameras uh, out covering tables in the field. So the, uh, while you're going to have like one amazingly covered table, it's going to be beautiful with curated armies and like two handsome dudes doing the shout casting on the GW stream. Um, you can always peek over to ours to actually see what's going on in the tournament. And so we're super, super excited about that. There's all kinds of, we're going to talk about some of the narratives that are, uh, that, that are in play coming into the event, but we're going to be following them live and in real time. And we've got guys who love to talk about 40 K and even, unlike myself, know what they're talking about, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. It should be really, really interactive with the Twitch chat. We're gonna be looking to generate as much content as we can. So, you know, if you got a buddy at the LVO and you'd like us to go bomb his table, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll go swing by with our with our uh, with our handy cam and uh, and see how he's doing on the in the in the bottom rungs. I also have a dream of having a drone camera. Uh, that I can annoy people with, but I'm, uh, we, you know, I keep adding technical uh, expectations to, to things without even really knowing how to stream to Twitch first. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how that all comes together. But um, essentially, we're going to throw everything we possibly can at it to make it a nice, engaging, and uh, fun stream that'll give you the full picture of the LVO, not just uh, the table on the GW stream. Yeah, and you know, I'll be teaching, I'll be on the spot teaching Val and Peter how to WordPress as well so um i'm planning WordPress. on anything we record or video cast that isn't put on stream can also be put on the blog as well on frontlinegaming.org something something a picture thousand words what does a video do millions something like that you anyways it, it's it's going to be really exciting uh i've always wanted to cover the lvo better than i've been able to and um it's always been a one-man job which is which is me actually um and i'm just 
I just this year I decided why not let's just get Val Peter get some help and they have absolutely taken the reins and run with it I'm so excited to see what they bring to the table this year for the LVO the coverage is going to be great and, and uh, I'm super excited if I might say too Stat Center in run up to uh, the LVO will be doing a I can't think of a clever name maybe the team here can help us come up with a clever name because I always keep coming back to like the road to the LVO I tried like uh, fearful and loathing in Las Vegas, but anyway, essentially uh, a, a player spotlight on some of the big contenders or guys who are ranked highly, uh, plus a couple that uh, you know Pete Pete has uh, selected uh, as as being guys who definitely have a shot at winning this thing. And we're gonna do player profiles over the next three weeks. The first one will be uh, later this week, and uh, so you'll get some good insights on probably about 12 of the best players that are coming. Obviously, not all of the best players will be on our show. There are so many good 40K players. We can't get them all on, but uh, I think you'll like hearing from these guys. And they're all guys who have appeared on our show multiple times in the past, too. Yeah, we also have uh, our 40kstats.com correspondent, Peter. is going to have stats up the wazoo, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, for sure. I know last year he uh, he did a lot of uh, a work uh, scrubbing and and getting a lot of cool insights uh, out of the um, the uh, list that were submitted well in advance. Um, that will continue this year and uh, will be fodder for for us to talk about on the stream, but also um, for us to talk about and lead up to it here on Chapter Tactics and on our sister podcasts as well. I'm sure. Right on. You can All call right. it LVO slots. Oh, a gambling thing. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> another cool thing about the LVO, if if you're looking for more coverage, if you're hungry for more coverage, uh, is there a player... There are hungry LVO players. slots. Ooh. Keep Sorry. trying. We'll keep Which slots will we'll hit the jackpot? We'll uh, actually, um, you know, we don't even have to decide right now if you want to hop in that comment section, listeners, frontlinegaming.org or YouTube, and uh, help give val a name for for this this segment of shows uh you know i'm sure he could hear some su- su- good suggestions maybe or you know troll him either way yeah either uh, works really yeah um another cool thing about the lvo that i love is that there's always people like scary who, who have these followings themselves and are running the you know these uh youtube channels and other podcasts who show up to the lvo and talk about their experience as well too. Um, so they're definitely going to be people live streaming the event there as well. Uh, I I know Kenny was doing that last year a little bit. He was he was live streaming to his to his peeps, uh, to the you know giving out yo dogs or you know doing whatever Kenny does. Hey how are uh, you? Yeah, hey how are you? And then on top of that, <laughs> um, there there's other podcasters and other uh, quote unquote celebrities and. Uh, leaders in the community who show up to the LVO. Uh, so it's kind of all, it's kind of also a, an event where um, you can go and you can kind of network and connect with people as well. Um, so that's another great way to, if you want to find out more coverage about the LVO, uh, there will be people live streaming blogs. There will be people live blogging, um, talking about their day one experience, their day two experience uh, predictions and all that stuff. It's, it's, there's a lot to, there's a lot about the LVO and um, that too as well. So, uh, Scar, are you going to be live streaming at the event or doing anything like that? Well, this year I will not be going to the LVO. <gasps> but I saw you on our list, our master list. 
but I messaged you individually. I was like, I'm not going to be able to go because I am making some f- sacrifices for family this uh, season. I remember. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. It's sorry. all good. And then, uh, but this means like I am sacrificing going to LVO this year. It is something that is not going to happen for me. However, this is going to allow me in the 2020, 2021 season to go to all the big events that I missed this year. So I'll be uh, making my way down to Nova. I will be go, uh, doing my darndest to go to the London GT, uh, as well as some other events in Vancouver. And one of my biggest um, one of my biggest goals is to play in a big event in Spain. So yeah. I just got the guys uh, from La Voz de Orus uh, yes. who were like, "Hey, do you want to come play on our team at the team event in June?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." So oh, that's brilliant. So. Um, so hopefully, you know, mid June I'll be over in Spain playing at like a five or six hundred person six man ETC team event over there with the Voz de Otos team, which I'm really, really excited about. Is that a, is that different from the one that they ran in November? In November um, they ran. So ETC yes, there is one in November. So they run a big one in November. They also have like a singles in like December, I think. That's a big singles. But in Spain, team events are some of the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. So that, they, El- they've literally held the it was the largest uh yeah it's massive ever. absolutely yes. massive yeah. and um so i will not be going to lvo however i will be doing full like post coverage pre-coverage looking at meta stuff i'm really excited to see how it shapes up and uh and i wish luck to everybody who goes but i'm really pumped to see like i'm i'm gonna be eating that up gobbling it up from a from a tactician's perspective from afar well, if Perfect. you're uh, if you're interested and available, we could definitely remote you in, and uh, you could do a little uh, you could do a little coverage from your from wherever you are. I've done that with the uh, with the flying monkey guys. Is that it? Yeah. From the the, yep. the iron halo uh, the iron halo stream. So I would love to do that. Just uh, hit me up, Val. I could uh, could uh, definitely be a part of that uh, crazy conglomerate of uh, of voices that you're going to have for the event, which Von is awesome. Air- on-air jabbering talent because we got like it's like 30 what it's gonna be like 36 hours of time to fill so uh we'll take anything <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be great i will be here and i i will be i will be clear-headed and i will uh give you a drukarian perspective i guess yeah, Stab so if, everyone. You're, if, if you're not gonna be there who's gonna win uh best drukari um well joe malem's up at the top right now by like point zero one points or something like that uh, so he's got to definitely run for it and uh of course my fellow canadian uh jt who uh who's also been running drukari pretty heavily this season uh will should be there and he's uh he's on the east coast on the west coast sorry near vancouver so rooting for him as well and you're forgetting local hero hero tory pete i believe is, is he sitting going in, he, he's in third place i don't know if he's going I don't. I don't know if well, he's going, but if he is, then he's definitely got a chance. If he, Tory if he Pete is on the master list, he's on the is master he? list. Okay, perfect. We don't well, know Tory. if he's if he's coming, but but he's on the master list. So unless he's got sold his ticket in the last, I don't know, ten twenty days. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, well, hopefully, hopefully, um, you'll be able to show up and be the best archon. Heck yeah. So yep. there you go. A Drew Curry. It sounds like Drew Curry is wide open. It it definitely will be for Ooh. the for the season. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh so best of luck to the best Archon. You know, not not enough backstabbing can happen, really. Fascinating. <clears throat> now, before I put my foot in my mouth, Brandon 
Are you going to be attending the LVO? <laughs> uh, yes, I am planning on attending LVO 40k champs this year. Okay, are you going to defend your title, or are you going to take a fun list and have a great time? Um, I'm definitely Both. taking a serious list. So it's going to look even more foolish when I go four and two. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do my best. So. Right on. Uh, just, we'll, you can just do what you did at SoCal and just do five and one the hard way. Mm, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> but not out of the possibility. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of amazing players here uh, this year. And I, I don't. I, every year I always feel like it's the best of the best with a lot of amazing players. But this year just feels so stacked. Feels like every player who I've talked about or who who's been on 40k Stat Center won tournaments. Um, he's done really well. Uh, is showing up to this year's LVO. Uh, so it's it's going to be absolutely crazy. Oh yeah. Um. So for those listeners who haven't been to the LVO, the LVO is something special in the fact that it attracts so many good players from all around the world. And the LVO for me was actually the first competitive event I ever attended. Wow. Um, before that, it was all local friendly gaming store events or Garage Hammer. And uh, that was 2015 was the first year I showed up and I didn't quite make the top eight. There were about 200 people attending. And I was super excited and had a great time. And then the next year, my friend Michael Snyder, uh, he almost got the top eight by like one point. Um, and then the year after that, um, it was the end of seventh edition Bark Bark Star list that got second. So that was really exciting. Um, and then the first eighth edition LVO, I took a for fun list, went four and two, had a good time. But um, yeah, that exposure for me in 2017 with the second place finish, um, I was on stream a lot. Um, it was really fun. I had a great time. I think we did a great job in that year's LVO of making the hobby look really, really good. Um, and I bring that up because the next year's LVO was extremely depressing. And there were some changes in the 2019 LVO that reflected what had happened at the 2018 LVO. And I didn't watch it happen live. Maybe Pablo or someone else could comment. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about specifically. I, he's he's talking about uh he, he's he's talking about Tony versus oh, uh, Tony got Nick Tony. Anabody. So I, I guess I guess actually you know I think there was a lot of good that actually came out of that moment. Um, I think even on this show when we were talking about it as after it happened, we we discussed how a lot of you know competitive and organized games probably have a moment like it, and in which one one player uh, Tony Grappondo, who by the way I have met many times and enjoy quite a bit. At any rate, he was uh, he was gunning for that top position. He was in the top eight, and he played uh, a fellow named... Nick Nanavati. No, before that. Oh, no. Fennel. Um, Alex Fennel. Alex Fennel. <laughs> Alex Fennel. Uh, widely known as as uh, one of the good guys of 40K and has always been, and he's uh, he's played for a long time, and... Uh, this was the first, I think, eighth edition LVO, if I if I recall it correctly, is. and uh, essentially um, they were having a a, a nice uh, a game. Uh, well, and for, uh, Tony's first turn took a epically long time, um, and then Mr. Fennel was uh, doing his movement phase. Tony was kind enough to help him out a little bit, 
in placing his deep striker. Unfortunately, it was the first thing Alex placed, and uh, Tony said, your movement phase is over. And uh, it was a bit of a dick move, I think the internet decided. Um, although technically sound, and honestly, um, you know, I guess by rote definition, and in fact what the judges decided at the time was, uh, was that it was also correct. Uh, he had forfeited his movement phase by, by putting down his deep strikers. Fast forward to the end... Mr. Uh, Nick Nanavani, now known as the Brown Magic, he was already pretty magical. He'd won Adepticon that year. He was leading in the uh, in the ITC standings, and he was uh, sort of predestined, perhaps, for this moment. And uh, Tony was playing uh, Yanari uh, Eldar uh, and uh, attempted to play, if I remember correctly, it was essentially the he ability... He tried to charge with his, with his Shining Spheres after advancing. Yes, tried to but, charge with the Shining Spears after advancing, which requires that you play a strat in the movement phase, which he did not do. Yes. And Nick Nanavati very famously said, you know, I don't like to win this way, but you did it to Alex. And, and that then, was it. That was the end yeah. of the game. And uh, Nick wound up winning on that, on that turn, and uh, Tony had instant karma uh, visited upon himself, and then the internet basically folded in on itself <laughs> and, birthed and, it became a, a meme. and birthed a new it, chaos god. It uh, was... It, so, and more importantly, uh, what, what really came from that was not only this, I, this grand spectacle of, of you know viewership and streaming and the community really coming together around the LVO, uh, but also fifteen thousand dollars got donated to a Children's Hospital uh, as well, which is something that uh, a narrative that I like to talk about the most, which is my favorite thing about about all that that came out of that. Right, is uh, Mark Merrill, the co-founder of League of Legends of Riot Games, uh, saw Tony Fennel's kind of sportsmanship. Alex uh, Mel. Alex, I'm sorry, I said Tony Fennell. Alex Fennell's, Alex Fennell's uh, sportsmanship, because Alex handled it really well. He handled it like a true gentleman. Um, he saw the sportsmanship, wanted to give Alex $5,000. Uh, Alex said, no, thank you, I'll donate it. Uh, and then GW saw this and then donated their $5,000. And then on top of that, uh, Alex's work that he worked for also donated $5,000 to the children's hospital that I believe Alex's wife works at. Um, so it, it turned up to this really, really great thing. And she um, got a promotion, and it was amazing. Yeah, no, that, it was, that part maybe maybe didn't happen. And if it did, it was because of merit. It just it really showed uh, the reach of of the stream, you know, the LVO stream. The fact that we got this, you know, millionaire in Mark Merrill, um, who was into 40k, you know, who, who loved the stream and was, was watching it. I believe this was also our first uh, five figure stream. I think we just barely broke 10,000 people uh, watching the LVO stream. Um, it, it was just, it was a big moment for 40K and competitive 40K in general. And we've grown a lot since then. Um, we've had a lot more new podcasts and stuff. To Anyways, add to this, um, oh, sorry, before we move ahead, on, you know, Mark Merrill, it was really fun. They came back to 2019 LVO, the, like last year. Yeah. And they put on like a, like a front page stream for Twitch where they had Fennel, right? playing him i believe and yeah it was like a charity a little, stream they had like another charity sort of stream going on and i got to meet him and and he brought like a bunch of his crew too like people who play lots of the legends and 40k on the side or whatever and uh, they were all like participating in like the event and stuff it was really cool to see that like that carry over from that event to something that's long lasting as well yeah and i actually skipped this in the introduction so back to the introduction and quick announcements um two things one 
congratulations to Best in Faction podcast. Speaking of charity streams, uh, they had their annual charity hammer this weekend, just yesterday weekend actually, uh, where they raised over ten thousand um, dollars for I believe Play Kids. I I don't I had it up earlier, uh, but they raised ten thousand dollars for charity, uh, and it was a great stream. It you know so hats off to them, and also. If you're interested in some more LVO coverage coming back on topic, uh, the judges for the event for the Las Vegas Open released their a yearly LVO pre L, pre LVO judge video on TFG Radio on YouTube, um, where they talked about some of the big changes coming to the LVO this year as well too. Um, so I highly recommend checking out that video, especially if you're attending the LVO. Uh, we're gonna have senior judges this year, um, and instead of not head judges, but there's going to be senior judges as well as other judges as well for appealing processes and stuff too, uh, on top of some of the, the rules that we're making as well. Some of the rules changes that we're making. So it should be great. Yep. All right. And uh, then finally, the, oh. the reason I brought all that up about the last season is um, 2019, it was handled so much better the rules packet making how the judges would respond to various situations was far more clear. Um, so I feel like the 2018 LVO really set the stage for 40K to become a more mature, uh, better handled game, yeah. as evidenced by how 2019 went. Yeah, 2018. I mean, and then actually there was one more, which was actually the 2018 ATC, which I think was the actual straw that finally got the camel to write a code of conduct policy. Um, but yeah, so 2018 was kind of marred with, eh, I don't know. I mean, they were, they were scandalous for 40 K, but, uh, you know, we all, we all did survive and there were no fist fights or anything like that, which is great. Um, and I do think I agree with you 100% brain. I think that those, those growing pains were something that the community, uh, really used as a catalyst to, to really pull up the, pull up their pants and, and take a big step forward into becoming a more, um, I don't know, uh, organized, uh, competitive thing. Yep. Agreed. <clears throat> and finally, uh, one thing I'm excited to announce in regards to coverage through the LVO is, uh, something that I've always thought made covering the NFL or other sports more fun. Uh, and that is going to be the addition of a 40 K fantasy league or a 40k fantasy team and what essentially this is is it's not we're not introducing warhammer fantasy into 40k um so not that kind of fantasy uh but uh, the idea of a fantasy team of professional or, or not professional but of of players that um what their performance will dictate how well you do against other players uh and then you draft and kind of create a virtual team of sorts uh to kind of like competing against buddies or in this case we're going to have a flgn fantasy with uh, 40k fantasy league which i'll talk about in a moment um but we're going to introduce that officially this month starting with the lvo which is actually why i have this master list um we're going to create a master list of all the players coming to the lvo uh we'll rank them by their itc score and then we'll publicly put that out for people to use for their own fantasy leagues for the LVO and then coming into the 2020 season uh, we'll probably put out some sort of big public uh, rules set for people to draft for the season or for whatever tournaments that you guys can use for whatever you want uh, it's gonna be so cool uh, I'm super excited for that and the reason why that is important is 
I think a lot of of getting people to you know view and and consume an event um is to increase interaction right so uh for a lot of people when the nfl when fantasy leagues nfl fantasy leagues really started kicking off uh the nfl grew right the coverage became about not just the sport not just the playoffs but also of how these players were performing and and how their own teams were performing on an individual scale too um val you can speak more to this uh you and I have talked about this at length already, uh, yeah. but I think introducing a 40 K fantasy of sorts where you draft a team of like eight players, uh, you know, and your, your buddies draft eight players as well. Uh, and then at the end of the LVO, you could see who predicted the best and whose team did the best. Uh, last year we did kind of like a trial run. Uh, we were, I was part of two, uh, but they were more private uh, and I didn't, didn't have a hand in running either of them. I was just kind of a participant. Um, they were an absolute success. Uh, and I think this year, growing them and then putting out a public list is the next big step. Um, so I'm excited to announce that too. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to say that gambling uh, makes things more fun, um, but it is Vegas, and it's actually. I mean, I'm a avid fantasy football fan. Um, it did really change how I consume and watch football, but that's a whole other show. Um, uh, but having, um, you know, a, a, a stable of players that, you know, you're, you're, you're focused on and rooting for, even if they're not having the best tournament of their life, maybe that one win from them in the fourth round will, will help you out. Um, it makes it a lot of fun and it also gives you people to follow throughout and a great thing to ask us about in the Twitch chat, uh, for, uh, on 40 K stat center, the Ocho, uh, where you'll be watching <laughs> all of your, uh, daily uh, LVO updates. So I think the uh, the uh, LVO fantasy leagues uh, are going to be a lot of fun, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there being like, "Oh my god, why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> and and they they are they're a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> if you're worried about not knowing the players or or um, not having a good knowledge of who the top players are in the community, don't worry. That's what the master list is for. So if you're ever in doubt and you don't feel and you don't want to draft uh, Peter the Falcon uh, as your eighth pick, you can look at that master list, see who's the top player left, uh, who's going to the LVO, and just pick them too. And you also get to see their faction too, right? So um, their factions will be available as well. So if you want to draft an all Grey Knights team, I don't even think there's eight player eight Grey Knight players going to the LVO, but if there are. You want to draft out a Green Knights team and see how well they stack up against your buddies. You can do that too, by all means. Um, so it should be a lot of fun, <clears throat> and look forward to that uh, coming this month. It's something that's going to happen very quickly. Uh, there will be announcements on FrontlineGaming.org on Chapter Tactics, uh, and um, if you sign up for our Patreon, you might even be able to get to participate in some of these leagues with us as well too. So look forward to that too. That's going to be part of the coverage as well. All right. Let's talk about the narratives. Let's talk about some stuff that excites us. Things that people are talking about now currently. Asking all the right questions about. And we're going to start with Mr. Brandon Grant. Space Marines are the big boogeyman of the LVO. You, a known Astro Militarum player, uh, had some difficulties with one Space Marine player in particular at the SoCal Open. How do you think the Space Marines... Are going to being at the LVO are going to affect the LVO? Do you think there's potential for some upsets and dark horse lists that are not Space Marines lists? And basically, how are Space Marines going to affect the LVO? What's going to happen, Mister Brandon Grant? He just dropped. 
Oh, he just dropped. That's Boom. what he thinks about the Space Marine meta. He can't <laughs> he even quit stand talking about it. Yep, he was like, and delete. <laughs> uh, he did just drop. That was uh, the best timing in the world. Uh, Mr. Well, Starry. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have much experience with uh, Astro Militarum. However, over the last month, I've played about 20 games with uh, my Talarn army, and it's been super fun. And I took them to an event this weekend where I played two events. Sorry, I played seven rounds over the course of the weekend. And there we go. He's back. But uh, Space Marines, especially Centurions, were really tough to deal with. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, um, you know, Brandon Grant would definitely know more about that than I do, for sure. Okay. All right, Brandon, did you hear the question? I heard nothing. What did I miss? Okay, uh, we we're, we're just started talking about the narratives going into the Las Vegas Open. Space Marines are the big boogeyman looming over all of our heads. How do you think they will perform at the LVO? And how do you think they will affect people's perceptions at the LVO? And also, you having just lost to a really good Space Marine player at SoCal Open, um, how are you going to handle them? Um, first of all, I'm definitely skewing my list to deal with Space Marines more than other factions because I expect some of the best players in the world will be playing Space Marines, including some of our teammates like Michael Snyder. And uh, I am terrified of them. They are easily the most powerful faction in the game. Uh, and the ability to mix chapters, oh man, even better. Um, but you don't even have to. Um, I do feel like Iron Hands is the strongest, followed closely by Imperial Fists and then Raven Guard, and you can definitely mix White Scars in there as well. So any of those four is just easily the strongest faction in 40k right now. So um, what do I expect? I expect at least half of the top eight to be Space Marines, um, if not more. Um, put your Vegas over under on if it's four, five, or six in the final eight of Space Marines. My over-under's at six. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, very comfortably at least half of the final eight should be Space Marines. Um, there definitely should be some Tau in the final eight. I mean, Richard Siegler is amazing, and his list is actually very strong into the existing Space Marine archetype. And I think most... Now, what was he playing at Charity? Um, I'm not sure, but in this case... Space Marines, the <clears throat> list that Space Marines have to worry about is mostly other Space Marines, and Space Marines are different than Tau in a big way, mechanically, so Tau, shield drones as a mechanic, is actually really strong into Space Marines that get a bunch of minus AP2 uh, heavy bolter shots that they can spam into you. Um, so, yeah, that that's my prediction for LVO. That's what I'm gearing up against is, hey, I expect at least... 50% of my matchups to be Space Marines. Therefore, I should be gearing up to handle Space Marines as well as possible. Yeah, and um, one cool, th one kind of interesting thing is this master list I have, even though it's up, it's mostly updated, um, the factions for it aren't, right? So uh, Michael Snyder, you did mention, is bringing Space Marines. However, he's still listed as Gene Circles on this master list. And the reason why is I wanted to see how many people switched over from Space Marines to uh you know for away from their factions to space marines and so i was kind of counting through that and lost count at about a hundred um so there's going to be a lot of space marine players there i i fully expect almost one third of the the meta being just space marines um they're absolutely going to be everywhere uh 
maybe not all the same chapter, but they're going to be everywhere. And it's going to be interesting to see how many people switched over from their factions that they had originally registered to, to Space Marines. Because a lot of these people registered, you know, in June when, when ticket sales went up, right? Yeah, that, that'll actually be an interesting, um, like, side-by-side comparison uh, with the sort of pre-Space Marine meta and and where things are now. Um, yeah. That's actually going to be a neat uh, little thing to, to compare, especially see where... Uh, players made the change because it's actually it has been uh, a mass exodus obviously anytime a a faction goes from i think they were somewhere around the five or six percent of the meta uh to uh i think on the last one i read they were around 25 percent of all tournaments since the iron hands fac were uh were were running adeptus astartes yeah um so uh obviously those players got to come from somewhere um but it will be interesting to see just how, uh, you know, also what caliber of player too. Because one of the cool things about um, the uh, the LVO, I think that maybe we haven't hit on as hard as we could, is the fact that, um, you know, last year, and I'm actually cooking up the numbers right now, but last year um, of the top 200 players, something like 100 of them were there. So it is a very, very high concentration of the best players in the world. Yeah, and especially on day two, just... This is another thing to look forward to in the coverage uh, on day two when we split the tables up so that uh, the first 300 tables are all undefeated players, right? Uh, and they're all centralized to basically one part of the turn, uh, one part of the hall. Um, that's where you get some of the best games, some of the best matchups. Um, so day day one is usually rounds one through three. Uh, usually get players. Occasionally you'll get a crazy matchup, which is usually the one we'll put on stream. Like uh, last year we had a. Uh, uh jeff robinson versus uh aaron Along round one um w- which is two really good players uh duking it out round one early on so that does happen uh but day day two rounds four through six uh is where you really start to see like really crazy heavy hitter matchups uh and you really start to see some of the best lists and some of the best games i imagine i predict that day two we're gonna see maybe even half of this the tables be space marines uh and the top tables anyways so it's, um, it's definitely going to skew. Well, yeah, right now, uh, you know, if you go by T-Whip, so yes. uh, just so that would be the percentage of people who go 4-0 uh, at tournaments right now, about 41% of them are playing Space Marines. So if you're going 4-0, uh, you've, you've got a very good chance to have been playing Space Marines yourself <laughs> uh, or, uh, you know, about a 50-50 shot to run into a Space Marine player at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's going to be very interesting. And... um you know, it's definitely the biggest narrative that that people are going to be talking about, and it's also got long term ramifications too, uh, because of the amount of coverage and because of the amount of eyeballs on the LVO and the LVO stream. Uh, if Space Marines top eight dominate the top eight, for instance, uh, it's going to put pressure on GW to nerf them. It's going <clears> to <throat> uh, put pressure on people to uh, quit or be wary of the fact that space marines are dominant uh, and it's going to affect how people look at the game of 40k you know in years to come right i still have people who, who don't play 40k anymore who when i tell them i play 40k they say oh man gray knights are so powerful i'm like oh you played in fifth edition and they're like oh yeah how did you know <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's it, it's one of those big things where, where it's going to affect the game and how people perceive the game in the future. Even people don't play yeah, the game. At this point, it's too late. It's what's done is done. It's just what can we learn yep, from you're right. this? Yeah. And actually, that is a very good point, too, because unless uh, GW is keeping it very close to their, their chest, 
uh, the newest Psychic Awakening is not going to make the cutoff. Uh, so that means the Grey Knights and Dark Angels and all that kind of stuff will not uh, be uh, released in time to make it for the LVO. So the meta is the meta at this point. There's uh, a, been a crystallization. There are no new rules. There is no Calvary coming. This is what we got. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes loose. Yeah, G- GW and uh, uh, another narrative that I want to talk about here to kind of segue in is GW is going to be there at the Las Vegas Open. Uh, they're going to be there to make their big announcements. Uh, I believe they announced Gilliman at the LVO when he got released. Um, they've made some other big major announcements in the past, and of course they're going to have the same thing this year. So if you're going to be in Vegas on Thursday, which is the day before the Las Vegas Open starts, uh, that is when the GW seminar will happen, and that is when they're going to make their big announcements. And every year they usually come up with something big, but this year it should be extra special, extra big. And on top of that, uh, GW is going to physically be there watching people play their game. So a lot of the most powerful things that you see happen at the LBO are most definitely going to get looked at for the April FAQ, right? So uh, that would be another great reason to look at the coverage. If you see that there's, you know, 70% of the Space Marines lists have Centurions uh, or are also 4-0, right? For instance, I'm just throwing this number out there. Uh, then GW is going to look at those numbers, is going to look at those top tables and is going to determine what they need to nerf. So, Something you see at the LVO that might necessarily be powerful at the LVO might not be powerful come April. Uh, so that's another thing to look at as well, too. So if you want to kind of leg up uh, heading into the new season, um, looking at the LVO and determining what you predicting what you think GW is and is going to nerf <clears throat> can be something that you use to to uh, start buying models now or selling models. That's right. Pablo, it almost Boom. sounds like you buy and sell models a lot. Yeah, if you if you want to uh, head on over to the secondhand shop, you can find out firsthand. Uh, there you go, Frontline Gaming Secondhand Shop. Thank you, Brandon, for that plug. All right, another narrative I want to talk about is uh, actually um, some of the top players uh, playing each other. There's matchups that that people are talking about now. Uh, one that I saw during Charity Hammer that a lot of people were talking about was Brian Pullen versus Richard Ziegler. Uh, or two of the two of the two best Tau players playing each other at Charity Hammer. Two really good players on top of that too. Um, so one uh, player versus player matchup that I'm really excited to see is uh, Nick Nadavati versus Sean Naden. Uh, Nick Nadavati and Sean Naden played each other at the Atlanta Open, which is a hyper competitive event full of some of the best players in the world. They played each other in the top eight. Nick Nadavati won uh, because he did eventually go on to the finals. Um, Actually, did he go into the fight? He did. Uh, I'm crazy. Anyways, uh, on top of that, there was the ETC event that happened this year as well, or this past year as well, uh, where Nick Nadavati, who'd previously been on the ETC US team um, for most of the years, uh, did not make the US team this year, and instead went on to the UK ETC team as a Merc, and uh, they won this year. Uh, And a lot of that success, if you listen to that episode of chapter tactics was attributed to Nick Nadavati and what he, the experience he brought to the team on top of the U S the UK ETC team being just a stacked team. Um, so I, you know, a Nadavati versus Sean Naden top eight matchup or a day two matchup where they're both undefeated is something I'm absolutely looking forward to. And it's absolutely possible, uh, especially because Sean Naden does so well at the LVO 
Um, traditionally, he you know he makes the top eight of the LVO pretty much all the time, uh, and has won the LVO with his Lictor Shameless too. So that's just one one little player profile pairing that I would like to see, kind of a dream matchup, so to speak. Um, are there any others that you guys think of between two players that you would really love to see? I'd like to see Manny Chima up there. Actually, he's been crushing it over at the in the UK. But uh, but uh, you know, and and his and his his space marine list is probably one of the strongest space marine lists I've seen. Yeah, yeah, he's Manny Chima has been killing it. Uh, we're actually going to have him on the podcast in a special bonus episode. Uh, we're recording with him tomorrow, and he's actually going to be having a uh, service at yep. the LVO a masterclass, so to speak, uh, uh, to teach people how to play well, play better at 40K. Um, that'll be happening, I think, Thursday. And we'll actually have more information on that when the bonus episode comes out. Yeah, just in case you don't listen to the bonus episode, though, uh, and in case for some reason you don't listen to 40K Stat Center, um, Manny Chima is the type of guy that if he goes to a tournament, there's a very good chance he wins it. Um, like, that's not even hyperbole. The dude is a monster, and he is just the happiest monster you've ever met in your life. Um, he's a fantastic human and he is running, um, uh, as, uh, Pablo mentioned there, uh, basically seminars, uh, before the LVO. So you can get a crash course from Manny Chima, who, uh, if he was in North America would be the OG Brown magic. I guarantee it. Uh, he's a, he's a righteous <laughs> dude. Uh, so, uh, despite the fact that Nick Nobody is now part of the frontline gaming network, um, Manny Chima, uh, what a guy and go to his seminar cause it's going to be rad and I'll probably be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it's a good deal, too. Uh, you're getting a lot of good information, a lot of good hours of communication as well. So, um, anyways, I, I, are there any other player matchups? Scarry wants to see Manny Chima in action, and I agree. He was there well, last I played, year. Well, I played against him at the, you know, in 2019. had a blast. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I, you know he, if he goes up there, and he's going to put on a good show. And he's a fantastic player, and I love his positive attitude, which is just one of the best things you can ask for in a very good competitive player, you know? Um, and then another thing is I'm really curious to see what the dark horse like player or list this year will be. Cause there's always some like random thing that shows up. I yeah. Think, um, I think uh, dark horse, um, as far as like, uh, you know, we're talking about narratives and predictions, but you know, just stuff we've been seeing in tournament results, essentially since the iron hands FAQ, is a lot of guys, like Reese always talks about the guy who makes top eight and is like, whoa, dude, I got to play tomorrow. Um, and uh, the thing is, is that that dude may very well wind up being like, dude, I just won the LVO. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he might be running some version of Iron Hands that, uh, you know, just caught the right tables and the, and the right matchups and just just ran them. Um, yeah. So I'll be curious to see that if if we see some very new faces rocking um, some some new uh, new ish, uh, very powerful lists. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not sure if uh, if a player um, can make the top eight with you know like that. I'm sure it's it's possible. Obviously, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. Um, but definitely making the shadow round or a top sixteen upset um, as well. Something like that, uh, definitely. Space Marines are a very powerful faction that uh, lead to players who maybe weren't as good with other factions or maybe are newer to competitive 40k. Um, Quote-unquote no-name players or players that aren't traditionally seen on the top fours and the top tables are talked about on 40k Stat Center. Um, they definitely can do well with Space Marines. 
uh, and that is something that you have to factor in as well too. Uh, I, I know a lot of top players are also thinking that at the back of their heads, that if they're not bringing Space Marines, they play a Space Marine player, they can't underestimate any Space Marine player they play against. Um, because, you know, at any point in time, they can just lose uh, just because Space Marines are so good. So. Yep, absolutely. Um, that being said, I mean, uh, a nice counter narrative to all of this is what rises to be that answer because i know they're you know like obviously i mean i'm i'm i am uh ringing alarm bells and i am usually not exactly on the bleeding edge of the meta so there might already be ten thousand things better than space marines which is probably unlikely but nonetheless i'll say that um you know so what do we see as coming out of the mist out of the darkness um a dark horse that is not a random guy playing space marines but a dark horse that is someone who has seen the curve Maybe you read some uh, some psychic awakening jank about Tyranids or Blood Angels or Eldar uh, chaos. You know what 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 might we see rise up against or or might be sitting pretty to rise up against uh, Space Marines? If if I may, um, I think chaos. I, I'd have to keep my eye on chaos as well. They just got uh, basically made out like bandits in the FAQ if that just came out this week. The psychic awakening FAQ for Faith and Fury. Uh, they got some good stuff in that book as well, and there's a lot of there's so many good dedicated chaos players that I usually make a one chaos player or chaos list in my top eight at Delvio or predict one chaos player to make the top eight at Delvio, and I think this year is no exception. Uh, I, whether I think I, I don't think any list will counter Space Marines or be the the foil to Space Marines, uh, but if there is going to be one faction, it, I think it would be chaos. I think we're going to see some great chaos lists and some upsets uh and you know so chaos are basically they're they're like a dark horse faction in general this is really good i would agree pablo i think that we haven't been discussing chaos at all i feel like they're extremely strong and the number of combos that are available to the super faction means that there's definitely going to be some lists that strike you out of left field that could easily be a dark horse top 16 I agree with that as well, whether it's the Possessed Bomb that we're starting to see, you know, um, or whether it's the good old Magnus Morty or maybe something with Thousand Suns that comes out of the next Psychic Awakening book, although I don't know if it will make the cutoff. It won't. Uh, so, sadly. Or who knows? It, it, for all I know, it might be just some guy who brings his, like, Sisters of Battle that he's been playing for 10 years and he just <laughs> loves the new rules. And those Sisters of Battle just, like, crush everybody that he plays. You know, like, uh, who knows? Yeah, I I don't think this is the LVO where we'll see a Lictor Shame or or some extreme off the wall list win, uh, but I do think the I think I do think that the top sixteen um, that goes around I think we're gonna see some really interesting uh, unique lists uh, make those rounds and then we're gonna have eyeballs on those lists uh, and then from there who knows we'll see uh, and that's another reason why I wanted Val and Peter on as well was because the ghost round last year was so undercovered. It was just literally one lone PD pop and one LVO judge uh, live streaming four games between players who were fighting for the top eight. It was some of the best 40K played too. Uh, so uh, keep an eye on the ghost round. Keep an eye on the top 16 tables. Uh, the top 16 tables are, those would be the people playing for top eight bit. Um, so uh, keep an eye on those tables because those will show us, you know, some of the truly best lists that, that are coming to the event. And truly best players. All right. 
next narrative I wanted to talk about was um, the the international scene. So we we had the we had the UK win the UK team win the ETC with the Australians putting up an extremely good result. Uh, we have some phenomenal Australian players coming in, some phenomenal UK players coming in, and actually, if you look at the history of the LVO, we have players from the UK make the top eight consistently. Well, well, Alex Harrison make the top eight consistently at the LVO um, with some really good results from other players from the UK. And is this going to be a year where uh, a UK player wins the ITC and does really well and wins the LVO? And we might have some even potentially international, internationally dominated top eight where more players outside of the U.S. Uh, or there are more players from outside of the U.S. making the top eight. That's something, a narrative I wanted to talk about. Uh, and Scari and Val, you two are, are not U.S. citizens. You're Canadians. Um, what do you think about the international aspect of the LVO? Do you think that, that we're going to see a real dominance from players outside of the U.S. at the LVO? Val, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I mean, I already touched on uh, on, on Manichima. We've got uh, last year, before Pobs was uh, just given out, plane tickets for winning a raffle draw you had to win your plane ticket and ticket to the lvo the old-fashioned way which is by being the best player in australia <laughs> and that man is named matt morisali who according to my falcon bird man uh is uh an outstanding 40k player and easily has the chops uh to compete with the best that are coming um, I think this is an interesting question to delve a little bit deeper into um, with the master list. Do you see what that international quotient actually is? Because it's kind of anecdotal right now. But certainly, I mean, just, just in those two names alone, I mean, those are guys, two guys who could definitely win it. And a bunch of Americans would uh, be very confused. Personally, I think that as the ITC grows at an international level, we're going to start seeing a lot more international players come over to the LVO and therefore a lot better players in, that are international have a chance of winning the event. It's just a matter of like statistics in that sense. However, what we've also seen is a lot more uh, standardization of terrain for tournaments because a lot of times people who would play in like ETC style events in Europe played with like almost flat surfaces or didn't use the bottom line of sight ruins or whatever. So then they'd come to the LVO and have like different rules for terrain and whatnot, and it would be quite different. But I feel uh, more and more there's like a standardization of what to expect on terrain and tables. And that sort of gap is, is lowering between international players and like a national or American players. And even just missions set, uh, you know, or I mean, missions, being, exactly. Yeah, being able to get reps in ITC format, was a little harder, uh, you know, even even over a little bit over a year ago. But this past year, I can tell you firsthand, there's been a massive amount of UK specifically related ITC events. And then when you're into Europe, um, you know, I would say almost the majority of events that we've been seeing coming out of Europe, especially out of Sweden um, and Spain, uh, have been ITC format. Yeah, um, but we've had even like a lot of the German scene, you know, they're very diehard ETC yeah. or they play an, a format called Ars Bellica, which is, a, which is like a Highlander format event. But now there's definitely a push towards getting ITC um, events and an ITC league. And there's, there's like tens of thousands of players in Germany. Yeah, and it's it, one of the things that going, for example, to ETC, you see all these players. And to be honest, you think you're your big shit, pardon my language, but you think you're big shit playing your games and then you go to the ETC and these guys are good freaking players, but you'd never see them at LVO. 
Yeah. And, and to kind of add on to that a little bit, I had a listener email me um, from Russia and they, you know, he's emailing me about a 60 team event in Russia that they have every quarter uh, called the black winter, black summer, black spring. Uh, and, and they just, they're, it's an event I'd never heard of. Um, yeah, of I, course. Yeah, yeah, of course not. Um, <laughs> and the same thing with the <laughs> same thing with the the Spain events too as well. Um, I think that a future narrative at twenty LVO twenty twenty one and beyond is going to be we're going to have these players from these countries finally get a shot, come to the LVO, and maybe even make the top eight. And uh, you, you know, it only it only take one of for one of them to do it once uh, for more to come in and try and attempt it. Uh, so I'm really excited for that too. Uh, I don't know if there's any prominent players from Spain or uh, any of those other countries that normally don't come to the LVO. I don't know if they're going to be coming to the LVO. Uh, unfortunately, the master list doesn't tell me what country they're coming from, so I kind of just have to go by off of name recognition. But uh, it's it's a, something that I'm looking forward to forward to for this LVO and for future LVOs. And the other cool thing about this is the dynamic it brings to competitive 40k the idea of metas and uh we we talk about the australian horde meta where the australian meta at their largest events does look different than a meta you would see here in the u.s or in canada Uh, and the uk definitely has their own meta as well too uh these are this kind of variety and depth to the game is only positive it's something that i'm excited to cover as well um, so, it, you know, I've always thought that an Australian could come to the LVO and win the whole thing just based off the fact that they have such a unique meta and they might, you know, play someone who isn't used to playing their style of 40k. Uh, and this year, that might be proven correct. Super exciting. Yeah, I think I think the idea that any any particular region or meta has a monopoly on on skill is uh, finally uh, an absurd idea. Uh, there are incredible players all across this planet who spend so much time getting good uh, at 40k and events like the LVO or ETC like uh, like uh, Scaria was mentioning you know they're places where you know they get to go and show show that skill and and, uh, and and show why they put all the reps and the time and the analysis in so it's just even even it's getting to the point where even just being a spectator of something like the LVO is 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 entertaining and worth participating in absolutely uh so the next narrative i have up right here is um combination richard siegler and jim vessel first off richard siegler's having an absolutely impressive rookie season and normally like with other rookies quote unquote that i talk about in the 40k competitive community uh they normally have been playing 40k for a while but it just kind of started playing competitive 40k recently richard siegler actually just started playing 40k this year um from what i understand and what i've been told uh, so he's having an impressive rookie season. He's number one in the ITC currently. He, But he's never been to an event as big as the LVO. Technically, no one has. Uh, however, there are LVO veterans like Sean Naden, Nick Nottabody, Brandon Grant now, um, who go to the LVO and, and do well. And I would say that Richard Siegler is definitely a veteran now at this point. He's been on so many streams. Will he cap off an impressive rookie season with uh, an ITC championship uh, Val? Um, well, I think, you know, interestingly, because of the way the meta has shifted and evolved over the year, I mean, we've already had a change of the guard. Jim Vessel, uh, TJ Lanigan, they were the, the front runners, you know, uh, certainly for the first half, at least probably the first two thirds of the, of, the, of the ITC season. Meta shifted significantly with uh, both the, uh, 
the uh, fall fact less so, but mostly with the dropping of, of Space Marines, which enabled in some regards, although uh, Secret won Nova, not really in the Space Marine meta. He won that um, kind of in, in the meta that we had been dealing with previous um, previously. Um, and now coming into, coming into LVL, you've got Psychic Awakening, the, the factions that we just talked about, um, specific, specifically Eldari, um, with some of the efficiencies that they gained from Psychic Awakening, and Tau maybe have some trumps out there, uh, in, in the meta at large, and, you know, it's question, it's a question as to whether, uh, Mr. Siegler shows up with Tau or not. I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's why I was asking if anyone had been paying attention close enough. I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I, I wasn't <laughs> to see what he was testing at Charity Hammer. And by the way, if you guys want the scoop on Charity Hammer, we'll be talking about it on Stat Center uh, when someone who knows what they're talking about is also on the show. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's very well possible that he'll have to make a meta call to a, uh, an army that, you know, he doesn't have the, you know, 150, 200 reps with. Um, and, you know, he can try and make up that gap, um, but, you know, he may or may not go with what he's comfortable with. Like, you got a guy like Brandon Grant, he's kind of, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's going to beat anyone who's anything less than perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, he knows that, you know, his army list isn't necessarily going to gonna be uh, taking the top spot based on what's out there right now. I think I think Siegler's probably in a similar boat. He's got to make a decision on whether or not he's just going to try and duck the hardest matchups or um, pivot to something else. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you'll see that. I mean, you already saw that with John Lennon. John Lennon, obviously, first half, two-thirds of the, of the season, he was playing uh, Gene Steeler Cult and, uh, you know, Force of the Hive Mind. Um, you know, he made the switch very early in the Space Room meta because <laughs> those factions were particularly punished. Um, so he's already sort of fully transitioned. This is going to be a late lurch to try and make the move. Jim Vessel too, I'm pretty sure is, uh, is preparing and will be running space Marines. Um, I'll see him in person at a, at a GT in this upcoming weekend, but a lot of these guys who, who, who were running, you know, who were, who were front runners, uh, throughout the season or the very near the top massive success suddenly don't have. Uh, the lists that got them there, and uh, and we'll we'll see really um, their player skill have an opportunity to shine if they're able to make the pivot. Yeah, and uh, to answer your question, Val, I, I don't have the um, I don't have Richard Siegel's list on hand. However, the Charity Hammer was on Best Coast pairings. Uh, the Charity Hammer RTT, I believe, lists were on Best Coast pairings. Um, I unfortunately lost the link it was given to me on their Twitch stream over the weekend, but I've since closed the tab and have been trying to find it in my history, uh, but can't find it amidst all these um, questionable search URL links. But you can go to Best Coast Pairings. You can look that up, uh, do some research share to find out not only what Richard Siegler was running, but also what some of the top players at the Charity Hammer event uh, were running as well, too. Uh, which can give you an idea of r roughly they're going to be running at the LVO. Um, certainly, certainly the very. Least, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's going to be an event where they're trying ideas, uh, and you know, the idea, the conclusions might be different than what. Uh, that's true. Than what they what they wind up having at uh, Charity Hammer, but nonetheless, you'll, you'll you'll see what a lot of the players were thinking uh, about uh, maybe trying. And apparently, there's some wacky Ridge Runner list that we all have to look up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm also uh, really excited to see what Jim Vessel does. Uh, this is pretty much for the first time in a season we've had uh, the front runner get dethroned by someone 
who was just as dominant going into the LBO. And that was Jim Vessel, who had been dominant all year long, uh, getting dethroned by Richard Siegler. Um, and it took Richard until December to do it, by the way. Uh, so Jim Vessel was on top up until December, um, which just kind of shows how dominant he was. Uh, he, I don't know. We have to keep an eye on him. I have actually had more emails about Jim Vessel than I have had about any other player so far, which is unusual for me because it's usually always Brandon Grant emails. Um, but Jim Vessel, you know, chaos players have their eyes on him. For the longest time, he'd been the chaos player. He'd, he, he'd made the well, chaos if you're, list. If you're, if you're a chaos fan and you want eyes on somebody, then get your eyes on TJ Lanigan. TJ Lanigan sure. is not scared. He's not backing down. He has been running chaos all the way through, and he is bringing the heat, and he wants the ball, and he's going to score. So, TJ yeah. Lanigan, if you're a chaos fan, get on if his If you're bandwagon. looking for a dark horse, TJ Lanigan is the one. Yeah, I'm not knocking TJ Lanigan at all, but uh, people have been asking about Jim Vestal. But what you're he's not bring. not knocking him. Yeah, well, you nope. know, TJ Lanigan is a great player. His accolades speak for himself. On that note, I but, do think that I've had a softer season this year, but I'm holding strong with guard, at least for now. I'm waiting to see what April, May, and June brings, and uh, next year should be interesting. But for now, this is a great opportunity for me to continue practicing and getting better with guard, so I'm not worried. And uh, just so you guys know, a soft season for Mr. Brandon Grant is 28th place in the ITC. So, uh... <laughs> That's what a soft season looks like. And also, you're still very much in contention to win the ITC championship if the top 27 players ahead of you don't make the LVO or somehow falter. Um, you can still possibly win the ITC Again, championship. Again, all of this stuff, I don't worry about it. I just worry about how well can I do with the army I have right now. Yep. That's how you get 28th in the ITC, boy, ladies and gentlemen. It's not worrying about anything but the game ahead. One game at a time. Yeah, there you like go. I think that's how the saying goes. All right. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is the idea of finally having an ITC champion repeat. So, so far, every year in the ITC, uh, the ITC champion has been a new player. Um, I think I can name them in order. We had uh, Paul McKelvey. Already lost it. Never mind. <laughs> uh, with Paul McKelvey. Nick uh, Nanavati won. PJ Pans. And Matt Root. Nick, Nick Nanavati did one. Matt Root won. So it was. It was Paul McKelvey, uh, uh, um, PJ Pants, Alan, Alan Bajamovich, uh, uh, Matt Root won the following year. Then we had, I think, Nick Donavati won the year. Or after Root. Because Root lost, or sorry, Root lost before the final. But he won but he still won. Because that was the year Brett the Perkins won. So then, yeah, Nick Nanavati be after that. Yeah, yeah. Nick Nanavati after Matt Root, and then Brandon Grant after Nick Nanavati. Right. So we might actually have a repeat this year with Nick Nanavati. We haven't had one yet. Um, we've had a couple of years where it was some, kind of close. Um, but it would be interesting to see if we have a repeat this year. Nick Nanavati is in fourth place. Uh, and all eyes are going to be you know, on him. He's not only the Brown Magic, uh, but also he he's the chance to be the first... Uh, he's the best chance to be the first player to repeat an ITC championship, um, which which is remarkable. And as I imagine, as we have more and more years of the ITC, we'll probably have a repeat, and we'll probably have like a Hall of Fame and all that stuff too. But um, if there is going to be a Hall of Fame, that would definitely add to his Hall of Fame bid. You're you're a first ballot podcaster, Pablo. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
I don't think so. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but that's something I also wanted to talk about too as well. Uh, will we have a an ITC champion repeat? Um, can Nick Navadi win the entire thing? And that's something that people are going to keep their eyes on. Um, All right. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're asking, can he uh, potentially win the whole shebang? I oh, would say 100%, yes. I, I was sorry. It was less of a prediction question, more of a just Rhetorical talking question, yeah. about the narrative. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Final thing I have on this list here is will the space ring meta keep people away? So we do have a thousand people uh, coming over, over a thousand people registered. Uh, however, with attrition uh, and with space Marines coming in there, there is a very real possibility that it'll go below a thousand at, at the event itself. We also have people coming in, um, who sign up at the event as well too so that might boost our numbers um, so the final number is still yet to be determined um, but another narrative about safe strings is how many people will not attend the event because they believe they can't beat space marines right so th i'm kind of reaching out to the three of you in your experience so far have you experienced people who've not attended 40k events uh you know sold their tickets um maybe shelved their army for the rest of the season uh, because space marines have been so dominant and do you think that will affect LVO attendance or um, the LVO meta? I have only experienced that very very rarely at the moment. Yeah, at the like I've only I've only out of hundreds of people that I know play the game only one or two have been like I'm I don't like playing tournaments because of space marines so I don't go to tournaments. But what I have seen is lots of people going to tournaments and then playing against space rings and being like, man, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say anecdotally, um, certainly uh, from TOs in the last few months, uh, there have been higher than usual attrition rates of people being, uh, you know, who may have purchased tickets in advance, choosing not to show up to the events. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, the correlation is not causation. Uh, there could be other things going on. I mean, even you could look at something like the Atlanta Open, which had other stuff going on, but I think they saw something like a 30% attrition rate. And yes, there was some other weirdness going on immediately before the event. But nonetheless, um, I think, you know, TOs have started seeing that. And I think it's just a function of the fact that, you know, if you like Space Marines, and pretty much everyone's got some Space Marines somewhere around, um, that's great. But if, if Space Marines aren't your thing, and um, you're you're struggling against them. You're hitting that that uh, iron wall. Um, then it can be a bit you know discouraging. And I hope it doesn't keep people away. To be honest with you, I hope people still come out for the big show. Um, they'll still there's you know the LVO is a spectacle in its own right, um, and participating in it is a ton of fun. Um, and uh, you know I mean it happens to be in Las Vegas, and some people are into that. To me, it could be in Anchorage, Alaska, and I would still probably show up. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, uh, I hope it doesn't keep people away, but it does seem to be a bit of a, it seems to have put a chill on tournaments and tournament attendance, uh, I will say. And we'll continue to monitor that pretty closely, I'm sure, um, through Stat Center and Pete's work on 40kstats.com. Yes. All right. Uh, moving on to, away from the narratives, uh, things we are excited for. Um, I think actually we've pretty much already covered yep. this. Uh Let's talk about some predictions now. So everyone is going to ask us who our top eights are. It, it happens every year. This year is no exception. Um, so this year on January 6th, I want to lock in some fun predictions for us to be completely wrong about and laugh at. 
in February. Uh, top eights. You don't need to say players, uh, but top eight factions. Who's how? What factions are going to make the top eight? Uh, and then maybe uh, one player in the top eight that uh, you're going to predict to definitely make the top eight. Um, then I want to start with Val. Um, okay, uh, so my player to make the top eight, Manny Chima. I think we've already talked about that. Um, and then uh, my uh, my split. I don't know, man. I, I think I got to say six six Space Marine or Adeptus Ooh. Astartes because you got. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say Power Armor because you got Blood Angels as well, uh, sure. which which will get sp- uh, sprinkled in there. Uh, and then outside of that, you know, I would say you know either uh, you know Eldari or Chaos. Um, is it seems to be the hotness, um, and I desperately wish I had my usual informed co-pilot with me who could tell you something more intelligent. But that's where my gut is. I might be uh, a Pollyanna right now, but I'd say uh, majority uh, Space Marines and uh, maybe a Chaos or an Eldari sneaking in. Uh, Scary. So I think uh, we're going to see at least three Space Marine players of different capacities we'll have like a mixed one that's like raven guard white scars imperial fists or whatever then we'll have a straight raven guard because I, f- I feel like raven guard are one of the strongest ones out there and a straight like imperial fist one uh maybe even two imperial fists of two different varieties well i think we'll see the plain one and the centurion one um <clears throat> more than anything uh we'll have i think we'll definitely have eldari in the top eight because uh there's a few eldari players that have really started to find some cool options that really help in the current space remeta. Uh, the resurgence of things like uh, Dark Reapers or Shining Spears or things that kill primary space marines has uh, has uh, seen a resurgence. And <clears throat> and then I feel like we'll we'll have a chaos. Like I feel like there'll be there'll be maybe two chaos players in there even. You know, with like a variety of Alpha Legion and Night Lords or Alpha Legion Death Guard or, you know, a combination of Demons, Alpha Legion, Thousand Sons. So I'm I'm excited to see that, but it'll be mostly Imperium, uh, Space Marines, Eldari, Soup even, and uh, Chaos. Uh, Brandon? Um, so I think that the guaranteed player that I think will make it um, is going to be Nick Nanavati. Going to put that on my roster if I was doing the fantasy. Um, otherwise, I think that there's definitely going to be an Eldari. There are too many good Eldari players. I agree with Skari. I do think there's going to be a Chaos list that makes the top eight. I do think that there'll be some sort of soup list for Imperium that makes the top eight um, that may or may not have Space Marines in it. And then I think literally everything else is Space Marines of some flavor. And I'm going to distance my prediction a little bit from Scary. I think that I would focus more on the Iron Hands, particularly the Flyer Spam list, as making the finals, depending on the terrain. Um, I know that LVO has uh, magic boxes, but I think a list with a strong melee presence combined with the Flyers is very difficult for the Centurion Spam list to deal with. Um, but we shall see. Um, I also think that Imperial Fists are going to make the top eight. That's going to be my wow. really out there prediction, just because they deal with stealthy marines really well, and I expect the top eight to be full of stealthy marines. Um, other than that, my dark horse pick would actually be my teammate Michael Snyder to make it into the top eight, 
just because we've been going back and forth. I think he's at the strongest he's ever been, and his list is very good. So if anyone on our team is going to make top eight this year, he's our best chance. Nice. Yeah, Mike Snyder actually has a better record at the LVO than Brandon Grant does. And Brandon Grant's won the LVO. <clears throat> a career overall record, I guess, anyways. Um, yeah, Michael's Michael's a phenomenal player. I would expect him to go 5-1 and one or top 8 at the very least. Uh, for my predictions, I, I think we're definitely going to see um, a lot of Space Marines. I, I think we're probably going to see five Space Marine players make the top 8. Um, I think two of them of the list are going to be absolutely identical from teammates or friends from a region, right? So, like think like uh the the florida guys uh richard siegler john lennon all those guys that maybe two of their guys are going to make the top eight or maybe two people from the uk or basically we're going to see two identical space marine lists that people are going to look at and go those that's the worst list that's why 40k is bad um, we'll probably see one unique space marine list that's completely off the walls and different from all the other space marine lists um, possibly piloted by someone we have we've never heard about or we haven't talked about on stat center um the two other space marines are going to be normal space marine lists that we expect to see make the top eight um you know so five space marine lists and we'll probably see an eldari list piloted by an extremely good eldar player uh we'll probably see a good chaos list as well uh and then i think we're definitely going to see a tau list despite the fact that there are um lists going around that can eat the tau list that uh val was kind of alluding to a little bit um i think we'll definitely see a a tau list in the top eight um it's just uh i don't see the season closing out with with Richard or Brian not making the top eight. Uh, and then my prediction is, I think we're definitely going to see Sean Naden in the top eight. Um, I have no idea what he's bringing. Um, I, I don't think Sean Naden knows what he's bringing yet. Uh, but top eight, um, I think Sean Naden, he makes it every year. Uh, and it, it, it's funny because I don't want to call, you know, the guy who's made the top eight uh, at Delvio over here a dark horse. Um, but he's someone I don't see people talking about a lot. Uh, and he's kind of a dark horse to make the top eight at Delvio this year, which is, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And, so uh, that's From my personal prediction. experience. Uh, Sean Naden and Nick Nanavati are some of the strongest players I've ever faced in 40k. So if anyone yeah. can win it, Sean Naden certainly can. Yeah. Um, yeah. N- uh, Captain Nene uh, has never missed top eight at LVO. Is that correct? You know, I, he might have missed the first year because uh, but that's the that's the dark LVO that no one talks about. So those are those. <laughs> so it's not it wasn't very well covered. Um, uh, not a lot is known about it, and you'd have to pick Reese's brain to find any good coverage of that event. Um, but since discluding that one, I think he has made. I think he's made the top eight every single year, um, and he usually loses. the The times he's lost um, have been to like the ITC champion or something ridiculous, right? So, uh, yeah. But but Sean Naden, uh, is, I think he's made the top eight every year, and I think this year is going to be no exception. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, move on to the conclusion, the uh, closing Patreon questions. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar, if this is your first time you're listening to Chapter Tactics, every week uh, we open the floor up to the patrons on the Facebook group, the Patreon Facebook group, to ask questions to us that we then answer. They are sometimes trolly, um, but a lot of them are also very good and I think push the discussion of the episode uh, to better heights. Um <clears throat> the first one is going to be uh, Mr. Adam, patron Adam wants to know what, why do you think space Marines won't win? So 
whoever wants to take this, make a case for why Space Marines won't win the LVO. Oh, I'll take it. Because um, oh, right. Siegler exists. Ooh. With the Space Marine killer himself. I'll I'll say the next one, simply because everyone's preparing for them. And uh, if you want to win the event, you have to be able to beat them. Nothing from Val. I think they pretty much took that's the two big ones. No, I'd say I'd say that's uh, that's accurate. Um, I, I would say that if if there is a solution to the space marine meta, which we we talk about as a monolith, but in fact the reason why space marines are so good is because they're so varied in the types of list builds that you can have. Uh, but if there is a solution to it, uh, I think uh, a, a, a casual grouping of the thousand most uh, uh, dedicated 40k players on the planet might be able to come up with it. So that would be why. All right. <clears throat> uh, why didn't uh, Nick wants to know why didn't the Blood Angels relic stratagem get FAQ'd to be in line with the Marine Codex? Uh, he's talking about the stratagem the uh, Blood Angels stratagem to give you another relic. Um, anyone have a thoughts on that? Anyone have any thoughts on the FAQ in general um, for for uh, the Psychic Waiting books, Blood of Ball and Faith and Fury? Uh, just the biggest thing to note is Black Templars do not get all the Imperial Fist stuff, which I kind of saw coming, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why yeah. people really truly thought that that was going to be the case but you know anyways uh i have no idea nick yeah, why, no <laughs> why the blood angels relic stratagem didn't get faq'd uh jesse carmack who actually uh was one of the winners uh the winner of the the big the big prize uh wants to know uh our predictions on attrition um and what he's talking about is the attrition at the LVO uh, every year we have about uh, a certain percentage of attrition predictable, usually pretty predictable. Um, and as we've grown, it's, it's increased. Um, so in years past sub 500 participants, uh, the attrition rate has usually been about 10%. However, since we've been expanding, the attrition has actually doubled to about 20%. Um, so that would be my prediction for attrition is we'll probably have a little over a thousand people registered with an attrition of about 200 people dropping. So we'll probably end up finishing with 800, 850 people actually playing uh, at the LVO 40k champs. Um, <clears throat> the who knows? It might still hit a thousand if, depending on how many people walk in. Uh, but there's usually, in my experience, not a ton of walk-ons. So that would be my prediction. Um, very rarely do all all the people who sign up actually show up. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess at least thirty percent. Thirty percent. Wow. That's high. That's oh, well. Hope hopefully that gives us less. <laughs> No refunds, guys. Too. No refunds. Um, well, I think first off, be, we have a refund. It really deadline. depends. It really depends on on what you're there at the LVO for, right? Like if you're going there to win, and you don't care about anything else, but you want to win it, and then you lose your first game or your second game, and then you're like, "Well, I can't win my best in faction. I can't win. Then I might as well go enjoy Vegas." Then yes, the war of attrition will. I mean, the war of attrition. This this <laughs> the attrition rate will be higher. But if you're going and you want to experience it and you want to play as many different people as possible and you don't really care about your result, um, I think we won't see as many. But I, I'm with Val there. I think I think because of the fact that you're in Vegas, there's lots of different events you can go to if like you're not really feeling the competitiveness. 
you know, or you want to play, like you can do other stuff. So even though the attrition rate might be higher, it doesn't necessarily mean anything about the event itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for saying that, Skari. <laughs> um, and then finally, the last patron, patron Shannon, wants to know, could the LVO reveal, the GW reveal, be the first hint of 9th edition? I, I'm in the uh, opinion that we're not going to have a 9th edition, even though there's a lot of writing on the walls this early. Um, what do you guys think? Actually, just a prediction for the big GW reveal in general. Um, well, I think if if that pixelated video is a picture is not a fake, which it looks pretty genuine. I don't know if everyone's seen that. You guys all seen that one? The one no, that looks I have no like, idea. Lo- looks like there's Primaris bikes. Yeah, the Primaris. Primaris oh, oh yes, that one. Um, okay. and the thing that makes me think it might be a fake is that GW didn't immediately get in front of it which they've done for everything else like it. So maybe it is fake. Um, but that being said, I would think that if there's a cool reveal, it's the next wave of Primaris stuff. And also 100%. June, June, whatever the first weekend in June is, we're going to be getting whatever they call the next edition of Warhammer 40,000. I think it's uh, historically this would be the time, and uh, we're definitely there. And they've also checked out. They're doing that thing where they release a bunch of army books and, you know, they're clearly working on something else, I think. Scar, you're Brandon? Nope. Full agreement from me. If we're just speculating, we might see hints of ninth, but um, I doubt it. I think that we're still going to see ninth in exactly that time frame, end of June, but I doubt LVO is the place where they'll start talking about it. Um, my point is, if there's going to be a ninth edition, or when there's a ninth edition, more like when, because it's going to come at some point. I, it's definitely not going to be a crazy change like it went from 7th to 8th. I feel like with the crazy release schedule of books, uh, I have a feeling they'll try and keep the integrity of the rule set as similar to what it is right now, and then just tweak a few things, whether it's like detachment tweaks or army list building tweaks or point tweaks, and just kind of keeping that living sort of document format of a formula that seems to be working. You know, you just need to kind of you know, don't cut the goose, the golden goose open, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> don't kill the golden goose. Agreed. Yeah. Ninth is going to be like six, uh, fifth to sixth or something like that. Yeah. Wasn't yeah, that an unmitigated disaster? Th- yeah, six was terrible. Let's just say it was from, uh, <laughs> let's say it was from three to like 3.5. Oh, sure. Six, like, three or to six four. to yeah. seventh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think it's more like six to seventh where, where they're, they're going to make some, some bigger changes, but nothing crazy. And more importantly, they're not going to invalidate the codexes they just spent two years releasing. Uh, so it, we'll probably get updated terrain rules and some cool little things, and then that'll be ninth edition. That would be nice. Yeah. Any of you guys play AOS? Like, like I, I'm not plugged into it, but, I mean, they just went through uh, an edition transition, and, you know... It I went mean, smooth. Like, like how, how is it... Uh, and how they were, it seems like they're dropping books at like the or like the eighth edition pace of like just something every month. So maybe that's what we see again for forty k. Yeah, and and the AOS eighth or the second edition um, was actually went really well. Uh, they did they basically changed the way kind of the core rules worked around uh, um, <clears throat> the uh, command points. They have like command points now. Um, they kind of changed the way relics work and all that stuff, but for the most part, it's still the same edition. I picked it up and played it, and I played Age of Sigmar first edition, and it was a seamless transition for me. 
Um, so they did a really good job, and uh, I think that I think 40k will also follow suit. Um, historically, 40k has done has mirrored Age of Sigmar in the past after Age of Sigmar has done something radical, i.e., the General's Handbook and the addition changes. Um, so I don't see I don't see that. Uh, I definitely see that happening as well too. Uh, I want to see a Primarch. I'm. It's been it's been a very long time since we had Mortarian announced and released. And I am sick of it. GW, release another Primark for 40k. You've been teasing us for years. Uh, the LVO announced Gilliman two years ago. I want to see... Or three years ago. Oh my god. This will be the... Th- Anyways, I want to see Primark. I want to see the Lion or anyone else. I think the Lion would be a great one. What about you guys? What do you guys think of the, the next... Like, just narratively and like just like where things are going, what do you think the next most appropriate next Primark would be for you guys? The Kasaro Khan. Yeah, Khan would be an excellent choice. Um, I think they're going to leave um, the Dark Angels Primark Lionel Johnson till last, um, or very nearly last, just for narrative reasons. The only other Loyalist Primark I can think of possibly coming back at this point would be Rogel Dorn. But yeah, White Scar's Primark, good pick. Boom. All right, that's it for the patron questions. Uh, <clears throat> we're a little low today, unfortunately, because I put up the post a little late. Um, but we'll have bonus episodes to give patrons more opportunities to ask questions in the future. And that is it, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You are all the best listeners in the world. I cannot wait to bring more of this awesome LVO coverage to you for the month of January. And remember, the Las Vegas Open is coming up at the end of the month on January 2nd. Twenty second, sorry, not sec. January second would have meant that Delvio happened in the past. Um, oh my god, I'm so late. And this, I'm sorry, January twenty fourth, not the twenty second. January twenty fourth to the twenty sixth. Uh, so it is coming up hot, and I'm super excited for it. Uh, Brandon, Val, and Scarry, thank you all so much for coming on. And Thanks if you for wanna, having us. If you want to catch more from Mister Val or Scarry. Uh, where can they find you guys? Val first. <laughs> oh, you, you, Mister Arkin, please. <laughs> oh, why? Thank you, thank you. I'm so sorry I pushed it on you, sir. <laughs> Canadians. <laughs> um, you can always find me on Scoutcast on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and Patreon. However, I recently joined the Art of War coaching team, so you can. Oh always... shit! Really. Yeah, you can always uh, look me up on there. I'll be writing articles as well as being a part of the coaching team over on The Art of War. So uh, if you want to learn more about Dark Eldar or Eldar stuff or other stuff, look me up. Yeah, and and for those people who've missed the uh, sort of expansion and transition of The Art of War, which is an amazing podcast on on the Frontline Gaming Network, it is also a fully-fledged stable of uh, 40k coaching and tactical services and uh just recently rolled out is it, you guys have a new website too what was it called uh well the art of war website is still the same website um, okay it's the then there's this there's um there's all the articles and stuff are going out there now not so it's the podcast the coaching the articles all that stuff is going to be part of it as well it's very sweet and um on 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 our side of things we got 40k stat center again we'll be Coming back, roaring back to life this week, again with uh, with our player spotlights, our um, our uh, hardcore slots edition, 
Um, and uh, also, uh, we'll be coming to you live from the LVO uh, with some of the best uh, podcasters in the business again. Um, uh, Paul Murphy, Forge the Narrative, Adam Camilleri. Uh, we're going to be, um, and of course, uh, Peter the Falcon from 40kstats.com and 40k Stats Center, and myself probably in there somewhere, uh, covering the LVO from start to finish, and that is the whole tournament we will be covering. Um, I think tentatively, tentatively uh, titled, uh, we got to create the stream, but it should be 40k Stats Center, the Ocho. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. You're all the best listeners in the world, and as always, have a good one. Bye. Bye.